Hi, and welcome back to another episode of What to Expect When You're Arrested. This is your host, Sean Henriksen from the Sean Henriksen Law Firm, where we help good people like you avoid the devastating consequences of criminal charges. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about probation. Before we get to that, we do have a free download for you. It's five things you should be doing right now if you've been arrested. If you click down in the show notes, there's a link down there. And if you click on that, we will send a copy of that right out to you. Now, just a quick recap. When you're charged with a crime, there are three ways that your case could end. It could go to trial, it could get dismissed, or you could decide to accept a plea agreement and it could end that way. You could end up on probation either through a plea agreement with the state or if you go take your case to trial and if you're found guilty at trial, you could end up on probation that way also. There are basically two different types of probation. One of those is deferred adjudication and the other is what we generally call straight probation. Deferred adjudication is available only if you take a plea agreement and if you do a plea, the judge will find that there's enough evidence to find you guilty, but they won't find you guilty. And instead, they will defer that finding. If you successfully complete deferred adjudication, then you're never found guilty, which means there's never a conviction on your record. And in a lot of cases, you can get your record sealed so that that case doesn't follow you around for the rest of your life. With straight probation, then you actually are found guilty. There is a conviction on your record, but you don't have to actually do any jail time on your case if you successfully complete probation. The way that straight probation actually works is the judge is actually going to sentence you to a certain amount of time in jail or in prison. However, they're going to probate that, which means you don't actually have to go to jail, you don't have to go to prison, And instead of sentencing you to that time or instead of making you do that time that they're sentencing you to, they will have you do this list of other things instead of that. And if you successfully complete your probation, then you don't actually have to do any jail time um, or prison time. So one of the main differences between deferred adjudication and straight probation, I already mentioned the fact that on straight probation, you're going to have a conviction on your record and deferred adjudication, you won't. The other main difference is that if you don't successfully complete probation and if the state files a motion to revoke your probation on straight probation, the judge is going to be limited to whatever that original jail sentence was set to be. So let's say that you have a third degree felony where the maximum punishment would be 10 years in prison. If the judge sentenced you to five years of prison time, but put you on probation instead, If they revoked your probation, the most the judge could sentence you to would be that five years of prison time. On deferred adjudication, if you don't successfully complete that, then the judge has the full range of punishment, which means that on the same third degree felony, the judge would be able to sentence you all the way up to that maximum of 10 years in prison. So in both cases, it's important that you do make sure that you follow through with everything you're supposed to do because you don't want to have to be later on sentenced to prison time or jail time. 
when you're placed on probation, there are going to be different things that you've got to do. Some of the common terms of probation are going to include, you're going to have to check in with a probation officer and that probation officer is going to be there. They're going to be the ones that you're kind of responsible to getting all your stuff into. You'll have money to pay. So that's going to include fines. It'll include court costs, restitution, if there's any restitution, which is basically paying back the victim for whatever damage you caused. Um, and you're also going to have to pay a fee to probation, basically reimbursing them for, for supervising you while you're on probation. You may have classes to do. So on a DWI class you, or on a DWI, you'll have a DWI class to do. If it's a possession case, you may have some sort of drug class to take. On a theft case, you may have some sort of theft-related class. But in a lot of cases, you're going to have some sort of class or multiple classes that you'll have to complete. You will probably have some amount of community service that you're going to need to do. On community service, depending on the judge, you may be able to buy out that time. So if you're working, you could just continue you know, working your full-time job and actually pay money as a donation to the food bank or wherever the judge wants you to make that payment to. And you may be able to do that instead of actually having to perform that community service. On a DWI case, you're going to have ignition interlock almost all the time um, for at least a portion of your probation. You'll probably have a drug and alcohol evaluation if you've got a drug or an alcohol-related case. Normally, that's going to be given by the probation officer. They're going to ask you questions about your history with drugs and alcohol to help determine for them whether or not they think that you've got an issue with drugs or alcohol. And if they think that you do, then they can make recommendations, anything from Alcoholics Anonymous all the way up to inpatient treatment, depending on the severity of the substance abuse problem. On a family violence case, there could be a no contact order or at least no harmful or injurious contact, meaning that you could have contact with the victim, um, especially if it's going to be a spouse or, or family member, but you just can't have a situation where the cops are being called out again. And there's a good chance that you'll have drug testing while you're on probation as well. If you don't successfully complete probation, if the state thinks that you violate any of the terms of your probation, then the state's going to file a motion to revoke your probation. And we will get into that more in depth in another episode, but that's basically going to mean another warrant's going to go out for your arrest. You'll have court dates again and everything else. And if the court finds that you did violate any of the terms of your probation, then they can sentence you to jail time or prison time, depending on what you were originally charged with. If you do end up on probation, here are my best tips that I can give to you. First off, do everything as soon as you can. You know, try and just get everything knocked out as quickly as possible for a couple of reasons. First off, there's less that probation is going to get upset with you later on for. If they do file a motion to revoke your probation later on, then the judge and the prosecutor are both going to be able to see that you are taking probation seriously and that you are somebody who should be given a second chance so that you can stay on probation. And if you're doing everything as soon as possible, your probation officer may be a little bit less strict with you. They may see that you're one of the people they don't have to worry about quite as much and stay on top of. And so probation may actually be a little bit easier for you. And there may be a lower chance that probation files a motion to revoke your probation. Another tip that I have is to keep records of everything. While you're on probation, you're going to be getting certificates for completing classes, 
You'll have a log where you're doing your community, keeping track of your community service. You'll have receipts from making payments towards fines and everything. Keep track of all of that. And I actually recommend that you keep some sort of a journal so that when you are having those meetings with your probation officer, keep track of what you talked about and when you talked about it, whether it was an in-person meeting or a phone call. That way, if your probation officer is saying that you weren't doing something, then you've got some sort of record of what you actually did say and when you said it. So that, again, if an MTR does get filed, you've got documentation on your side also. We're not just relying on the probation officer's notes. And lastly, if you are having a problem with probation, your probation officer is giving you a hard time. They're threatening to revoke your probation. They're, you know, saying that you're violating things. Call your attorney and you may need an attorney to step in. Sometimes we can do things to, I guess, clear up any communication issues and we can try and prevent a motion to revoke your probation from getting filed in the first place. Or if a motion does get filed, sometimes we can help the process along so that we've got a better chance of keeping you on probation um, at the end of that motion. If you've got any questions about probation or if you're being charged with a crime here in San Antonio, feel free to either look in the show notes. There's a link there to schedule a free consultation or you can give us a call at 210-775-0852. I'd be happy to discuss your case with you and answer any questions that you may have. Have a great day.